Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and today I'm just going to be doing sort of a Monday morning discussion where I'm just going to go over some announcements and some things that have been uh, going on in my campaigns and uh, just thoughts that I've had about gaming. I'm going to try to keep it fairly general, and I'll probably be doing this once a week, um, you know, in between movie reviews and roundtable discussions and things like that. Uh, I'm trying to keep this really casual because I, I, my main... Uh, thing that I do is I, 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 I run Bedrock Games, so I have to devote my time to that. So it, so I'm not going to be investing the time into editing and, you know, making sort of super streamlined podcasts. So these are going to all be very sort of off the cuff uh, and a little rough around the edges. And that's kind of how I like it. Um, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's a little bit more uh, uh, realistic for me to be presenting myself this way than for me to you know, edit it down and, 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 and take out all of my, uh, all of the sort of, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies. So, so anyways, before I start, I want to mention that there's a GoFundMe campaign to get contested at Gen Con. Uh, it's being run by Mandy Morbid, uh, from I Hit It With My Axe. And it's, I, I, I'm going to put a link, uh, below the podcast, but I would encourage people to go check it out and, and donate, uh, I think there's somebody that, that a lot of folks might want to see there. And I've looked into going to Gen Con myself, and it's really expensive to get a booth at Gen Con. It's really expensive to get accommodations. So so unless you're like a, you know, a you know, really well-established company with plenty of money to burn, it can be, it can be uh, just too cost prohibitive. Um, and, and I don't, and I think increasingly people aren't seeing the returns. So uh, so I would, I, 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 I definitely think that it makes sense for, for folks to, to, to do these kind of, uh, fun drives when they want to go. Cause that's, that's probably the best way to do it. I, I know from, from my own end, I just couldn't, uh, I looked into it this year. I've looked into it in previous years and we would honestly have to like cut out two or three books from our pipeline, I think, to make it work. So so I just couldn't, I, it wasn't even an option for us. Um, but, uh, but I would, I would definitely, uh, encourage people to follow the link and, and, and read what, uh, Mandy has something written up there and you can read it and just, you know, decide for yourself if you, if you want to contribute. Um, so, so for the, for the podcast today, I'm just going to start, um, with, uh, some announcements about some upcoming movie reviews. I'm going to get a little bit more formal with these in that, I'm going to be posting uh, some written reviews up over at a blog that'll uh, be paired with my podcast review. So I'll be doing the podcast review here, and I'll be posting for another blog to to talk about the same movie. Um, and and one of the first movies I'm going to be doing is uh, the Chinese Odyssey. Uh, sorry, a Chinese Odyssey three, which um which is uh which is like a, you know, the, the Chinese Odyssey one and two came out in the nineties. And so this is like a, a very late sequel to that, that series. Um, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in seeing how well they do. I, I, I don't know anything about the third movie. I've, I've deliberately refrained from reading reviews. I haven't read any, any blog posts on it. So I have no idea what people are saying. I'm just going to watch it and then tell people what I think. I really loved the first two movies. Um, I have to admit I'm a little bit skeptical going in just because the first two were so great and this is such a late sequel that, um, you know, just I, I can't imagine, you know, it's sort of like when you were going in to see uh, the, the, the most recent Indiana Jones movie. It just, you, you, there's, I have a little bit of skepticism, but I want to go in with an open mind. So 
so that's going to be a review that I'll hopefully have up midweek. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm a little behind on some things, so I, uh, I want to make sure that I, I, I give myself time to think about, uh, about the movie itself. Another one I want to do is a film called The Raid Redemption, which kind of slipped under my radar. I think it came out in 2012. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's like, I don't know if it's an Indonesian movie. I don't know where it was made. But somebody in my gaming group recommended it to me and showed me some clips of the fight scenes, and they looked really incredible. And I picked up the Blu-ray, and and it and it, it I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, good reviews of it on uh, on on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. So I'm looking forward to this one, and I'll do a review of it and let you know what I think. It's a more modern action film, so I know I usually do a lot of wuxia and and stuff like that. It's usually, sometimes horror things like that as well, but. Uh, I'm going to be doing some more modern action movies is on top of that. Um, so yeah, so, uh, one of the things I wanted to mention too, uh, I mentioned this in another podcast is the novelization of, uh, Wandering Heroes of Ogre Gate is, is now up at Wusha World. It's called Legends of Ogre Gate. It's written by, uh, Jeremy Deathblade Bai. He's done a bunch of translations of Shan Sha and, uh, and Wusha novels, so, you can uh, you can you can go and check it out. I think they're up to the fifth chapter now. And the the first five chapters, I believe, are all about Sunan. Who anybody who's read through the Ogregate book will will know who that is. Uh, I believe chapters uh, five, uh, six, and up are going to be about Bao, who's uh, another character in the early history of the setting. Uh, so far, I'm really enjoying it. I, I encourage people to go check it out and you know decide for themselves. But I think it's uh, I think it's I think it's really shaping up to be an interesting story. And I think he's, uh, you know, uh, Deathblade has been translating stuff for a while now, and I think he's drawing on a lot of uh, a lot of that expertise to make this work. Uh, so, so yeah, so I'll post a link to that as well. Um, you know, hopefully I won't forget any of these links. I, I keep promising links, and I'm I'm always worried that I'm going to forget one. Um, so the big announcement that I want to get into is. I, I've been working on a module, and I've been super secretive about it because it wasn't really complete yet. I basically sat down, wrote the thing, play tested it a bunch of times, and now I'm sort of in the final phases. Of, I have like pretty much one more play ses- session to do today, and and now we're in really like the the I'm, I'm going to assess some things, change a few things, do some edits, uh, and then I'll probably be sending it to an editor pretty soon actually because I've been. I've been very rigorous in how I've been uh, taking my playtest notes, so everything's been getting updated quickly and promptly. Uh, but but the the module is called the House of Paper Shadows, and it's one that I'm 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 really excited about. Like uh, for a long time, I wanted I, I was originally going to do a map of the House of Paper Shadows in the War of Swarming Beggars book, which for those who don't know, that's like our high high end supplement plus an adventure. Um, but it turned out that it was just too there's just too much going on at the house of paper shadows for me to just make it an entry in a gazetteer so i decided it needed to be its own module just just to fully explore it and then i i i realized that uh um the uh it it, it was it was more complicated than I, I originally thought. And I, I had this, I basically sat down for about two weeks and I, sorry if my, my chair is squeaking here. I know it's making uncomfortable sounds, but, uh, I have a, an old, old swivel chair. Um, I, I basically had to sit down for about two weeks just to think about it. Um, and, and this is going to get me into my next subject that I'm going to talk about, but, uh, 
but I had some players that were really interested in, in going to the House of Paper Shadows to settle some, some grudges. And I basically said, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. Just give me, give me two weeks so I can like, I can really, you know, and I don't normally do that to players. I don't normally say, hey, give me more time. But I didn't want them to go in and have it be thin. And the House of Paper Shadows is this really o ominous organization in the, in the setting. Uh, anybody who's, you know, read through the book and read that entry or read the uh, Leather Shadow Puppet entry will know what I'm talking about. They're, 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 they're not just a, a source of, of horror and fear in the setting. They, they're, they're, they're a vast information network that has a lot of uh, um, uh, secret agendas and, and, and just seems to, to be ubiquitous. You, 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 they're, they're a very difficult uh, organization to contend with if you, if, you, if you get into it with them. So, um, so I wanted to do it right, and I wanted it to be horror. I like the House of Paper Shadows has always been the horror aspect of the setting. There's always like a strain of horror in anything that we do, I think. But, but this is like, I mean, this is pure horror. This is not um, the the House of Paper Shadows module is is one of the reasons why I've been doing so many reviews of of um, of like uh, wuxia horror movies and. And, and and Hong Kong exploitation movies because I I I I, I really want it to be more rooted in that than than uh, some of the other stuff. So so this is going to have a lot of body horror elements, a lot of um, a lot of uh, a lot of the sort of classic Hong Kong horror elements, um, and 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 it's gonna you're gonna you know the, I I don't want to give away too much, but. But there's going to be a full full map of the House of Paper Shadows. I think it's really interesting. I, I thought long and hard about what I wanted that to be and what would work because all we really had going in was we you know leather shadow puppets and I didn't want this to just be endless leather shadow puppets and paper walls. Um, you know that could be interesting in a way, but I didn't think that it would sustain you know, full exploration of the House of Paper Shadows. So I, I, I thought about it before I really sat down to, um, uh, to write the module, and it really paid off. Um, it's, you know, just as general advice for any game master out there or anybody, you know, like, like sitting down and just thinking about something, like, consciously for, like, a, a week really can, can, uh, can, can, can improve, I think, the, the quality of, of, um, of anything that you're doing for your game and so i just i just made a point of doing that and uh and so now that you know it's going to be a, a the module won't like a lot of our books i know have been pretty big like we've had um uh you know the, the rule books have been 500 pages most of our supplements are leaning towards 190 pages this is going to be a 100 page page module um i think it's going to be rich with content but it'll be 100 pages and i i, I think that's that's a much better format for this particular project I, I i really enjoyed being able to work with with 100 pages because I'm, I'm so used to dealing with bigger books than that and it's it's so much easier to to manage all of the different components and and feel like you really have a handle on everything when it's um when it's 100 pages uh so so yeah so it, again it's house of paper shadows i don't know exactly when it will be released i'm already get, I, I have the cover art I have some interior art. Um, the mapper is lined up, and 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 I'm I'm uh, I, I'm I'm really confident in this person's work. So I think we'll uh, I think we'll put out a really nice a nice uh, 
a nice horror module for the setting. Um, but again, just so people know, this is not going to be as, um, you know, it's not going to be as Return to Condor Heroes in flavor as some of the other stuff we have or, or you know, or Hero Shed No Tears or things like that. This is definitely much more planted in the horror. And, um, and, and I mean, it's, you know, it's still part of the setting, but it's, it, it, it's going to, it, you know, there's it, a lot, a lot more unnerving stuff will be in this book than we typically have. So just do be aware of that. Um, so I did want to talk to, I've been, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I run three campaigns every, uh, you know, and two of them are weekly at this point, And one of them is biweekly. And, and I feel like doing that, uh, number one, it's given me a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to really test out everything in Ogregate in, in a live campaign. But it's also, it's also helped me cl crystallize and clarify a lot of my thoughts about GMing and, and how to, how to deal with things. And, and one of the, one of the little tricks that I've used, because I don't like to have story arcs in my campaigns. I don't like it to be, okay, here's this story arc and now here's that story arc. I like to really focus more on the characters and the chair's going to squeak. So mind that for a moment, but I like to focus on the player characters and the NPCs and, and their competing goals. And I feel like arcs will arise out of that, but that's not really the focus. And what I found is, is it, is that just leads to longer term campaigns. Um, so my campaigns tend to be sort of sandboxy with a lot of exploration, a lot of focus on characters and NPCs. And, and for me, that's been working. Um, but one of the challenges that, that an open style campaign like that presents is you, you don't necessarily know what to prepare from week to week because the players could turn on a dime and they could say, okay, suddenly we're going to go into the House of Paper Shadows, which something like that, that's a little easy to anticipate because it's such a big target. But sometimes they'll go after something you never thought of. And, and so what I like to do is every once in a while I'll ask people, what are you you know, you know, like, what are you thinking of doing next session? Um, you know, or take a player aside and say, what is, you know, this character thinking of doing? And not, not in a way that's like, you know, give me an answer I need to know, but, uh, but so I can help, you know, help them do that. Uh, and I, I found that very useful. That's how I ended up, you know, with the, the House of Paper Shadows module in the first place is somebody expressed an interest in going there. And I, 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 sat down knowing okay people are actually going to go here so i can really invest a little bit of time in this um and so it also helps you kind of know what areas you should be spending more time on and what you shouldn't you still always have to be open because players can still turn on a dime they can change their mind i just think it's a good way of helping to focus your energy um it's a fairly obvious simple technique it's not anything brilliant i'm sure lots of people do it but it took me a surprisingly long time to sort of realize, oh, I can just ask, what do people want? Um, and again, it's uh, it's not about giving them everything they want. It's about saying, you know, where are you interested in going? What are you? What are you? Where are you? What direction are you thinking of pointing in? Um, so I find that very helpful. Um, another thing that arises in a lot of my games. This is this happened lately. We had a really big, uh, uh, you know, really big throwdown last week in one of my campaigns. Is conflict i because i i really don't i don't tell people what to do with their characters i don't really care if they're good guys or bad guys uh player conflict can inevitably or player character conflict inevitably arises usually gives birth to a lot of interesting stuff you know usually there's uh i find it produces more fodder 
for the campaign to, to feed on. And so it's a good thing. But sometimes I find that I don't really know. There's this line when players are, uh, when player characters are in conflict where you have to pay attention to whether it's the player characters that are in conflict or the players. And that can sometimes be blurry. So again, you know, back to sort of asking the players, I usually like to check in once in a while um, if I feel like I'm not getting a good pulse on that. Uh, you know, if, if somebody, like if, uh, if I see a player character do something that seems kind of stunning and maybe because the player might be angry or upset, I'll ask them, you know, almost every single time when I've asked, it hasn't been the player character, but once in a while, I mean, it hasn't been the player. It's been the, it's just been them playing their character, but once in a while, you know, somebody will say, well, I kind of don't like that this is that, you know, and, and that'll, uh, uh, you know, and then and then I'll and then I'll address it in, in in the campaign. I like to, I like to kind of customize each each group or campaign, you know, to the to the to personalities at the table. And so if I have a bunch of people that are all on board with people fighting each other and player characters killing each other, I'll I'll be happy to to accommodate that. If 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 it's not if if people aren't into that, I'd rather go a different direction. You know, if uh. If people want um, a little more focus to the campaign, I can I can provide that. But I, I generally tailor things to to what what the mood of the group seems to be. Um, so, you know, another thing that's come up. Uh, I know I'm just kind of going over things, but I've been I've been running a lot of campaigns, and so I I've I've had a lot of stuff come up in game. And uh, for Ogre Gate, one of the things that that we've sort of seen people asking is rules about stacking like uh you know if i have um and i'm going to give away a really big uh you know uh way to optimize here but if i have the phantom phoenix sword uh technique and if i have blade of the dancing fox and combine those is that kosher and and so i think uh you know my advice to people is generally that you you know the the gm and the group kind of have to decide uh whether whether optimization is something that's rewarded or whether it's something that isn't and if um if there are unintended consequences of combos and that's definitely you know an unintended consequence um you know it's 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 perfectly fair to say well that's not in the spirit i don't think that you should be able to combine those two things or you shouldn't be able to combine 10 techniques in general um but i've also played with a lot of groups where optimization is kind of the point where you're um uh where everybody is kind of there to uh to part of the fun for them is is, is looking through the rules and finding out what things produce unexpected results and then hitting that button and you know i i, I i'm I, I think that's fine when the group is okay with it i just think you have to be aware what your group is um what, what the parameters of the group are and so i think for most groups not stacking those things is going to be the the way to go and having a general rule that prohibits the stacking of the techniques or or just a general ruling from the GM. Um, but I think for some, you know, allowing it's fine. You know, I was even thinking, um, you know, when you have a lot of, when you have a system with a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of opportunity for, for munchkin optim optimization. And I've even toying with the idea of hosting a, uh, a munchkin tournament um, where, where we just, you know, you're just, unrestrained just make whatever build you want maybe i do it online or something 
I wouldn't want to do any prizes because I don't. I think it's a little difficult to really fair. It's not like it's not like say magic or something where there's like it's way more concrete. You can you can more fairly adjudicate it. I'd be I'd be a little concerned about having prizes on the line for uh, an RPG tournament. But but I don't know. There'd still be adoration and uh, and glory. So um, but I don't know. I was thinking like a, on on hangouts or Skype hosting a uh, a Munchkin tournament for Ogre Gate where people just bring their most broken builds and you know the the you know the the, the, the person with the, the 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 strongest build will uh will be the victor in the end so i have to kind of hash out some sort of tournament rules too uh if you've been following the campaigns you know that me and one of the other players kind of like tournaments so um so i i like occasionally doing tournament stuff um you know you, you could probably tell i was a fan of uh of of a lot of 80s action movies growing up, you know, uh, Bloodsport and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so, so I don't know. I, I, but I'm, I'm serious. I might be doing, I might, I may do a Munchkin tournament. It's not a joke. I, uh, I, I, I think it would be a cool idea. And, uh, if anybody's interested, let me know because I, I kind of need to test the waters and see how many people I could get on board with it. But I'd be happy to host a, uh, uh, you know, wandering heroes of Ogre Munchkin optimization tournament. I might have to call it something different than that, but uh, but but we'll see. Um, so so definitely let me know on that one if you if you're interested. Um, I don't know. Does anybody know how many people you can actually have on Google Hangouts? I've run sessions with as many as seven people, but I don't know what happens when you start going beyond that number. Like if we had, and I don't think we'd probably get this many, but if we did, if we got like thirty people, would that be manageable, or would you have to break it up into different groups? Um, so I'd be curious. Anyone who's run any kind of big event on on hangouts let me know because uh, I, I i'm i have to admit i'm not technically savvy thankfully i have people in my, my 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 groups that are that are technically savvy and they usually help me out with stuff but i'm i'm pretty hopeless when it comes to these things so um so yeah so uh you know and that, that is something else i kind of want to talk about feedback's really helpful for us um if you have any thoughts on the system on the setting let me know um I'm constantly in contact with uh, with with Dan and Ryan, who are like my two main co-designers on this, and 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 it's always good because we're always you know we're sort of analyzing you know like I'm running these campaigns, Ryan's running a campaign, and 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 Dan's in in one or two of my campaigns, so so we have you know we, we get it we we have a lot of ideas of what's working, what's not, but it's always useful to go outside that bubble and get feedback from people. Um, I you know I I, I want to hear like if. If people are using the game differently than we've even thought of, if uh, if people like stuff that we like, you know, there are things that we might be looking at saying, oh, that's kind of a problem in the game. I think we might want to tweak that when we do the revision or the second edition, or when we do an errata. Um, but if if there's stuff that you really like that you want to stay in the game, let us know because that's that's always helpful to me, and uh, and we always uh, just like hearing from people on the system. It's uh, you know when you're when you you know we're we're not a big company um but i think we're we've been doing pretty well for our size and uh and it kind of just gives us more fuel when people when people let us know about the pride i mean i've been i've been lucky that we've been hearing from people on aggregate way more than than from other other games that we've released so uh with maybe the exception of arrows of Ender, that was a pretty big um that was a pretty big release for us but um, but I think this is one of the time when I, I I just I've been fielding a lot of uh, a lot of feedback from folks and 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 uh, 
and I, and I, and I'm enjoying even the negative stuff I'm enjoying. So, um, so yeah, so I've been going on for almost 25 minutes, so I'm going to end it there. Uh, again, these Monday podcasts, they're just going to be about me talking, um, sometimes very inarticulately. Uh, next month, I'm hoping to start doing some roundtable podcasts. The quality might be a little more spotty because I'm going to be doing it over Skype, and so it won't just be me speaking directly into my software. Uh, I, I'm going to have to be worrying about people's connections and stuff like that. And uh, Hopefully, over time, I'll get better at it, but I suspect initially the quality, the sound quality might not be 100%. So, so just bear that in mind with those. But I'm going to be doing some roundtables with people from my Disposable Disciples campaign. And I'll be introducing them and connecting them with their characters so that you know who they are. And I'm going to be doing roundtable reviews of movies as well. And I'm also going to bring in some guests. Um, I, I won't mention who they are until they're actually on. Just so if people decide they don't want to show up or something, it's not a big deal. But, uh, but, but yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, so probably next month we'll be you'll be seeing more stuff up until you know for this month it's probably gonna mainly just be me talking, um, and and again I really like the podcast more than the video blog, uh, so you're probably gonna be seeing a lot more of these. And again I do apologize I know I've been swapping from the the blog format to the video blog format to now the podcast format, and um, I know that's like the absolute worst thing that you can do for sustaining uh you know uh listeners and readers and and viewers so uh you know but i i just i tend to do that i tend to just kind of change direction very suddenly like that um so all right so i will talk to you later and uh and again uh that that uh that gofundme to gen con for contessa i'll post a link below the podcast i definitely encourage people to check it out because um uh, again, it's really expensive to get there, and I think uh, I think uh, you know this is a pretty clever way for people to to make these sort of things feasible, and so and I, and I think a lot of folks would be interesting in having them there. They're kind of a um, uh, they're kind of an interesting organization. So so check it out. Uh, uh, Mandy Morbid wrote up something on the page that I'll link to, and you can read it and, and make your own decision. Um, all right, so I will talk to you later.